This podcast is produced by KPP Financial. Steve Peasley, President. KPP Financial. Independent thinking, shared success. And now today's podcast. Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Invest Talk. It is Tuesday, January 7, 2020. Well, we're in the first full week of trading. That'll be this week is the first one with all the days in it. And, of course, we've seen some volatility. I think you might want to get used to some volatility with what's going on in Iraq. I think it's going to produce volatility. I think that the year, not just Iraq and whatever that is happening, you know, I think the year we're going to see more volatility. I just think it because we didn't see much volatility last year. So it was mostly moving a market was moving market was moving up, but just expect it. I think you just should should expect it this year. Okay, so if you're a serious investor, of course you know you want to, you want to balance your portfolio with you know optimism and not necessarily pessimism, but caution. And therefore, you need to understand the risks that you're taking in your market, in your portfolio. What risks are you willing to take and you, you're comfortable with? And it's hard to know. It's just very difficult. So, you know, you've got to come up with just a good investing strategy based on what you see in the economy and the market. We know that the market is kind of overpriced, not tremendously overpriced, but overpriced. We know that the economy is going strong and it probably will do pretty good this year. So what's your strategy in that kind of environment? So what what do you want to do? And, you know, can you understand that the investments that you buy work in different types of economic environments? Can Do you understand that? It, it, it can be difficult. It can be. I'm Steve Peasley. I thank you for joining me today, and I certainly hope you'll call me. This is a call-in show, as you know. Um... And, you know, all with your investing questions. It doesn't have to all be stocks. It can be anything financial, anything. You drive the show, you take charge, you, you tell me where you want to go, and we'll go there, as long as it's financial. So remember, here on InvestDoc, you know, I'm here to help you, help you achieve a goal. And I'm hoping your goal is the same as mine. And it's getting to a point where you stop working for your money and your money works for you so that you can make any decision you want with your working life. Whether you want to retire, you want to continue to work, you want to try something else. And of course, we call that financial freedom. Okay, the, and that's what we're what's what we're shooting for, financial freedom. Now, today I'm going to do my best to get you there, put you on that road at least. And to do that, you have to call, ask your questions. 888-99-CHART. Now, as you heard, I am going to be this month, I'm going to be in two locations, Dallas, Texas on January 24th. That is a Friday. And then on January 28th and 29th, I'll be back in New York. That's a Tuesday and Wednesday. What I'm doing is I'm visiting some relatives over the weekend in Texas. And so if you want to meet with me, I still have some open slots. Still do. You know, now that we're into the new year and you're not so concerned about, you know, buying those presents for everybody, maybe it's time to take a look and at your own portfolio and see if you can give yourself a present. So I'd love to sit down with you and talk to you about your portfolio, see if uh, KPP Financial, my firm, can help you. If not, you know, you might be, I'll be happy to guide you as best I can. I will. So 
You start that, you can go to investtalk.com, send me an email, get in contact with me one way or another. Emails are most, uh, it's most common. You know, there's a contact us button all over the place on, on my website. And just send it to me, and it's an email that I get. And I'll call you, give me your phone number, and tell me what day you want, and see if I can squeeze you in. I do, I do have some slots open, so I'm not packed on either one of those days. Um, I'm... It, I've bifurcated the days into you know smaller accounts and larger accounts. So smaller accounts are a little are a little full, but you know love to talk to you. I'll help you no matter what size you are. My main talking point today concerns the how to play stocks during increased volatility sparked by the U.S. Iran tensions. You know that's really the 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 one thing that's out there that's. Uh, on the top of the news, but I don't think it's all that, you know, it has to escalate much more than it is now. And I don't know if that's going to happen. I'm more concerned. I wonder what's going to happen with the Chinese trade deal. though. And I think that would be more impactful to our economy, not, not Iran. I mean, Iran is a worry because people worry about it, but financially to, for our economy, Iran's nothing. Okay. China and the trade deal, that's much bigger. But that's going to be our talking point. Of course, I got other things I want to talk about. I want to talk about, uh, we had some economic news I want to talk about. There's market PMI and ISM non-manufacturing, factory orders. I want to talk about economic statistics. Um, how the middle, uh, middle income households are doing as they progress into retirement. There was a study done by... Um, Federal Reserve Survey of Consumer Finances, and i got some statistics to share with you. And I want to talk a little bit about age discrimination. It's obvious it's happening. It's it's age discrimination. You know, I see, that's where I see a lot of discrimination in age. The older you get, the harder it is for you to find a job. It's just, and I, there's, there's, some reasons that, okay, maybe you could justify it because maybe they don't have the right training, but mostly I think it's because employers want younger people. Just they do. That's what we're going to talk about today. What do you want to talk about? I'll go, I'll go anywhere you want. The market was down today. The Dow was down 119 points. The NASDAQ down three. So the NASDAQ was the best performer today, even though it was down three. And then the S&P down nine. And what I think you're going to see, we had an up, remember we had a Christmas rally last month was pretty good. And I think this Iran, Iraqi issue uh, is going to put some downward pressure on the short term. I think it's going to be pretty, pretty short term though. I don't think it's, uh, uh, you know, it's going to be down for months because of this. No, no, I think, uh, you know, I think it's just going to be short. It might give you an opportunity to pick up some stocks that you've been looking at to buy. That might be what you should be doing. Okay. Okay. ABC News is reporting that Iran is sending cruise missiles into our U.S. bases in Iraq. No, that's just a bright, that's happening right this minute. Just came up on my screen here. No word yet on anything other than that, about injuries or anything, but that's happening right now. I still don't think it's, I mean, that, that could upset the market tomorrow, next, this week. I think we're going to have a short-term downspat in the market. I do because of these issues, but, I, you know, we're talking about how it will affect our economy long-term, and I just don't see it. Okay? Now, you listen to Invest Talk. I'm Steve Peasley. I'd love to talk to you. Uh, this is live. We go live five days a week, Monday through Friday, 4 to 5, live. 
And so you can call me right now, and I will be happy to talk to you about anything financial. Justin and I always do our very best to make this instructive and interesting, the show. But you drive it with your questions. And whenever you have investment questions, I encourage you to explore our podcast library. You can search and listen, subscribe. You can rate us at Spotify and Google Play. And, you know, so I would really encourage you to do that. Okay, we're taking questions live, 888-99-CHART. You are listening to Invest Talk. 2019 is in the record books, and we are now into a new year and a new decade. The health of your financial future may depend on the decisions you start making now in 2020. Steve Peasley is here, ready to provide his unbiased investment guidance. The phone lines are open, and Steve is taking your questions live. 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. So, we'll see what's going on right now in Iraq later on. I'll, I'll know after the show, but you guys probably know more than me right now. Anyways, um, okay, what do we have? We had some economic news. Uh, let's see. The ISM report came out. The services part of the ISM. Remember, there's two parts of the ISM, and it's called the Institute Supply Management, and it's, it's a survey every month about you know, services and manufacturing in our economy. And the manufacturer came out last week and today came out the services and the services was better than expected. So it was up for December to 55 from 53.9. Anything above 50 is, is indicating an expansion of the economy, anything below 50 contraction. So, you know, non-manufacturing, I mean, manufacturing is contracting, it's below 50. But services is starting to improve, and it always was above 50, never got below 50. And our economy is more service-driven than than manufacturer-driven. Now, with the partial trade deal with China, our manufacturing might start to perk up. So, anyways, it was better than the, than the experts. They expected a little bit increase, 54.3, but it went up to 55. So, interesting. So, what made this happen? What do you think? Well, we had one of the best Christmases we've had in years. <laughs> you know that with you know shopping season. You know the economy is strong. I mean, no matter how anybody wants to complain about whatever they want to complain about, the economy is strong. We have very low unemployment. I mean, I'm trying. I'm trying to find a replacement for one of my employees who wants to stay home, and it's it's difficult. It's difficult to find somebody that you know you have that has a, the qualifications you're looking for. Anyways, so the ISM was really interesting, I thought. Uh, It is definitely showing us that the economy is still pretty resilient, pretty strong, and starting to improve. Okay, so let's go to a caller question, okay, to our voice bank. A lot of people ask questions before or after the show, and we try to get them as soon as we can. The number is 888-99-CHART. Yeah, hi, my name is Matt from the D.C. area. I am interested in taking a small position in an early development medical device company. It wouldn't be a large exposure. I was curious about the relative advantages or disadvantages of making that investment with cash versus setting up an individual IRA outside of my other investment uh, vehicles. 
thanks for all you guys do. I'll look for that uh, answer on there. Well, if you're able to set up an IRA and you're able to buy this within the IRA, then it would be better if you think it's going to have a great capital appreciation. You'd rather have it happen in your IRA. But you may not be able to... I can't tell you that it's possible because I don't know what it is. You said, is it a startup company that is not publicly traded? Because you have restrictions on what you can buy from your IRA. You can't just buy anything. Um, so just check that out. But it would be better if you think there's going to be huge capital appreciation because you're in a startup situation, you think it's going to succeed, then using that money out of an IRA would be smarter so you wouldn't have to wouldn't have to spend it all. You know, I mean, you wouldn't have to pay taxes and all that huge gain. Remember, the capital gains, long-term is 20%, short-term is at your ordinary income tax rate. It's, it's, I, I don't know if I can answer the question with the, the information that you provided other than say that, you know, if, you know, avoiding taxes or pushing taxes back is a good idea. <laughs> you know, it depends on how far do you want the money when the success of this and you're going to use that money because you can't touch an IRA money until you get hit retirement age. And I don't know how old you are. So you can call me and ask me or send me an email and we'll explore it in more detail. The markets have shown volatility, but considering the military tensions in the Middle East, yeah, that volatility has been fairly subdued. subdued. Well, you, the market is going to be, if if what I hear is true, there's cruise missiles hitting our bases, uh, our base or two in Iraq, the market's going to not like that for tomorrow. But we'll see. You know, it didn't like the other, you know, bombing that we did on that terrorist guy. And the market recovered pretty decently. It didn't really collapse or anything. Notice how the market's really resilient. So it is resilient. Biggest down loser today was actually Chevron. Goldman Sachs says gold is going to be a best way to protect your portfolio against, uh, you know, uh, volatility and things like this. So maybe gold is, you can protect yourself through there. On the NestFest talk, the results of one survey indicated that 70% of American investors wish they had handled money differently in 2019. So we'll break that story down tomorrow. But for now, I'm Steve Peasley, and I'm ready to take your questions at 888-99-CHART. Invest Talk is made possible by KPP Financial, where Invest Talk hosts and KPP principals Steve Beasley and Justin Klein practice parallel investing. That means Steve and Justin's accounts participate with Klein Investments at equal prices and percentages. You can learn more about parallel investing at investtalk.com. 888-99 charters are number 888-992-4278. Now the US Iran US Iran tensions are going to it's going to spark increased volatility. I think I have no doubt about that. But how do you how do you play the stock market from that? Again, I think you got to step back as I said at the opening, step back and say, well, whatever happens to Iran, will it how bad will it affect our economy? And I I would suggest very little. It will affect the stock market, but you know what? The stock market was probably already going to give some of the gains in December back here in January because the gains were very strong. So it's, it's a natural 
you know, natural ebb and flow here. So now you throw on the top of that this tension with Iran, I think we're market, we're going to have a little short-term spat on the downside. And frankly, I think you need to be buying that. I don't know how far down it's going to go. I can't tell you. But if you get a decent 10% correction, I think you need to buy the 10% correction. Because I think it's just a short-term thing. I don't think it's going to be long-term. So that would be my suggestion. Um, so how to do that? How to do that? Well, it's just There's no picking the bottom. I told you that a million times. You can't time the market. All you can do is put money to work as the market starts to you know give back some of the gains. And you keep putting money back to work, the further down it goes. I know it feels wrong, doesn't it? It's like, well, why would I put money in when it keeps going down? Well, I'm just telling you, that's normal. The market has a long-term bias to the upside. Always does. Always has for 101 million years. Okay? And it still will have that. Do you feel we're going to go into economic recession? I don't think so. Not this year. Not with the Federal Reserve doing his own mini version of the QE that they say they're not doing, but they actually are doing, and not with all the other economies around the world doing their versions of quantitative easing in their countries. And and it looks like things are starting to turn outside the United States. That's just going to help us. So I think, you know, the volatility you're seeing because of this short-term Iran-U.S. thing, I, I think you buy it. I think you buy into it. Um, I don't know how long. I don't know if it's going to go down 10% or not. May not. But I still think you, you, you buy into it. You don't run away from it. Okay? So that's what I think. We can fit another caller question in now. This one came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, guys. This is Tom. I'm calling about Jazz Pharmaceuticals, J-A-Z-Z. This one's been on my watch list for a while, and... It's forward earning estimates are forecasted to be growing and a lot higher than they are right now. I'm just curious if it's now a good time to step into this. Seems like maybe it's going to be kind of held on stable here, sideways, you know, price movement, and uh, hoping that that grows and appreciates with uh, increased earnings. Just want to get your guys' thought on it and uh, maybe just that pharmaceutical space overall, if it's a good time to get in. with the election coming up. Really appreciate it, and uh, I listen to the podcast every day, so really appreciate you guys putting that out. Keep that up. Thanks. I actually do like the medical drug area a lot. This is Jazz Pharmaceuticals. They develop specialty drugs in the therapeutic areas of narcolepsy, oncology, pain, psychiatry, and other areas. It's an $8 billion company. doesn't pay any dividend. Um, it's selling for $144.28 a share. It's going to make $17.43 a share next year. So we're looking at a stock that's what? 8 PE? You know, 9? 8? 8. Maybe 7. Anyways, um, the five-year PE range is 8 to 22. The return equity is a very good 31%. Cash flow is a very good at $15.61 a share. They have debt, but it's not, it's very manageable. And their sales have been growing the most recent quarter up 15%. Their sales have been growing every quarter for the last two years. Between the lowest quarter it had was 7% growth 
and the highest quarter they've had was 27% growth in the last four in the last two years, in the last eight quarters. So I kind of like it. It's fallen from 152. It hesitated and fell from there. It's down at 144. So I think this is going to be about 140 to 142, or it looks like pretty strong support to me. Then the next strong support comes in about 135. So I kind of like it. It's pulled back a little bit. I think you buy this pullback. I like it. One of the things I like about it, it's not cyclical. You know, I'd have to read more about what's in their pipeline and what's on what drugs are in phase one, two, and three that they're testing and all those other things. But just looking at the the numbers as I see them, that it, it looks pretty strong. Anyways, every investor knows the amazing story of Amazon, right? It made its debut in the public as a public company in 1997 with an IPO price of $18. So as we go to break, here is my market trivia question. If you had invested $1,000 in Amazon on the first day of trading back in 1997 and let your investment ride, what would it be today? How much? I'll give you the answer when we come back. This is Talk. If you'd like to see more about KPP Financial Select portfolios, like our balanced income portfolio, just click on the Investments tab on investtalk.com. This is Talk, made possible by KPP Financial, where principals and Talk hosts, Steve Peasley and Justin Klein, are independent financial advisors. For clients, they are fiduciaries. Steve and Justin have a duty and a commitment to always place the interests of their clients ahead of the firm. This is different from the way many other organizations operate. And one way you can realize the benefit of an association with KPP Financial is to know that KPP practices parallel investing. This means that the personal investment accounts of KPP principals participate with client investments at equal prices and percentages. It's an important difference. You can learn more anytime at investtalk.com. At KPP Financial, we offer independent thinking with shared success. This is InvestTalk, the radio program and podcast dedicated to helping you achieve financial freedom. You may be a regular listener. You may even have called a few times. But if you've never called, what are you waiting for? The phone lines are open, and Steve and Justin would love to hear your questions right now. Call 888-99-CHART. 888-992-4278. Of course, and I, I just took a on this break to see what's happening in the news, and there's no, no 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 reports of anybody hurt or anything. They they just don't have anything any information. So we'll see about that attack in uh, with crude missiles on our navy base on our bases our land bases in uh, in Iraq from Iran. We'll see. It probably will affect the market tomorrow. So expect that. Okay. Uh, if you uh, so my trivia question before the break was about Amazon. If you bested a thousand dollars when it first went IPO in nineteen ninety seven, how much would it be worth today? A thousand dollars. In 1997, it would be worth today. What do you think? 
You got a guess? Anybody has a guess? Okay, it would be um, $950,000. Amazon was, uh, uh, today Amazon has over 40 subsidies for 2018. Amazon reported revenues of $218 billion. The company is now valued in the trillion dollar range. But, you know, that was then. 1997 was the IPO and went out $18 a share. The IPO raised $54 million for Amazon. The company had a market value then of $438 million. Not, not big. It had now it had then of 16 revenues then, $16 million. So you can see how fast it's growing. So the answer is $950,000. You're $1,000, but of course you wouldn't have gotten at the IPO price because they didn't never trade at the IPO price. Only the people that they sold the IPO shares to, and that would be institutions and mutual fund families. They're the ones that got that IPO price. Whether they held on to it or not that long, who knows? But still, even if you bought it after the IPO price, you would have made a ton of money. Ton of money. Okay, as you know, I always enjoy answering investing questions. This came in earlier at 888-99-CHART. Hi, Steve Justin. I have a question about investment. I have a $30,000 CD, which is going to be mature very soon. The renewal interest rate is about 1.9%. It's not that high. Uh, I'm thinking about uh, use that money to invest in SP500 index. But uh, the current market is quite high. I'm not sure it's still a good idea to do that. Want to get your advice on that? I'm about just 47 years old, and uh, I don't have that, and uh, I don't have immediate use for that money. Thank you. Bye. So yes, you need to put it in the market, but wait for this pullback. I think we're going to have some. So as I said, in January we're going to have some weakness, um, and I think that you buy that weakness. Maybe don't dump it in all at one time. Maybe buy two, three times. But you want to buy the market when it's weakening, weakening and it's going to weaken. And again, as I said, I, you got to step back, look at what the old economy. The economy. No matter what happens with us and Iran, it's not going to hurt our economy. Not going to, not going to happen. So uh, it, our economy is still going to grow this year. The Fed is already, uh, you know, being pretty easy on the money supply. So that's going to help. And all the world is money supply floating around, lots of it. And that money goes somewhere and eventually it works its way into the market and that will drive prices higher probably. Meanwhile, the economy is still growing. So until I see on the horizon a recession, I see no reason why you should not be in the market. Okay, And remember last year, I was a little bit hesitant at the beginning of the year because the Fed was raising raised rates a year ago, December, not this most recent December, but a year ago, December, they raised rates. And that was a third rate increase at the time. So that's why I was hesitant going into last year. But then they changed right at the beginning of the year, the first couple, three months, and they lowered rates, 180 degrees. Then that tells me, well, maybe, you know, then they did it three times in a row. <laughs> so, so now, yeah, and I think as an election year, I think got to be in the market. They're not going to, Fed's not going to try to mess around with rates. They'll probably leave them alone now. So, I think that's what's going to happen. Okay. How are middle income households doing going into the retirement years over the next 10 years or so? The Federal Reserve Survey of Consumers Finances, this is, this is the findings they have. 50% of, uh, 
of the households are at risk of not being able to maintain their standard of living in retirement. So I said, well, well, okay, wouldn't that be true already? Because you go from active income to passive income. So I'm thinking, is that a good number or bad number? And they didn't give me any context whether it's getting worse or better. But one thing they did did say, which clarifies a little bit, is that number one reason why why 50% of the people are at risk is about housing. Because they were they're counting, see, this is why you got to be real careful with statistics. They're counting the equity in people's house as part of their money they can use in retirement. Okay, so they're going to do a reverse mortgage, let's say. And they're saying that the housing didn't recover enough for most people. Now, of course, you go to certain areas of the country and, you know, way recovered, but not everywhere. And that that is what's retarding their ability, some of the people to have a less than um, the uh, reduced standard of living in retirement. So we're talking about housing. What about the stock market? The stock market shot up. What about their 401ks? Well, then they stat- they st- further quantified this and says, well, those people on the upper income area have, of course, done much better and they will have a fine, their standard of living will not, they're much at less at risk. It's the lower income group who don't have a lot of money in the stock market, but maybe have a starter home or a small house or whatever. So, you know, there's so many caveats here. It's like, well, geez, does, this, does your survey really mean anything to anybody? In real life? And my answer to me is, not really. You know, I really get tired of reading surveys. And, you know, they, they really can make it say almost anything you want. So, you got to, when you read these things and the headlines, please take everything with a grain of salt. Because I don't, you know, you just got to use your common sense. And you got to read deeper instead of just a headline. Don't read the whole thing and then say, well, does this make sense? If it does, it does. Great. But, you know, I'm, I just want facts. That's it. I'm Steve Peasley. You're listening to Invest Talk. And 2019 was a very good year for uh, the stock market. That's Invest Talk, KPP Financial. And our podcast downloaders are quite popular. And I do appreciate that. And Justin, I thank you very much. Please be sure to tell your friends about it, though, that we always want it to be more popular. We are now in a new year, a new decade, and we have a good number of resources available to assist you with your goal of building a better financial future. Of course, you can call our Irvine office, California, and we'll, we'll help you. If you can come meet us in Irvine office, that's great. I would love to do that. So you can always do that if you happen to be out here in California, Southern California. But, of course, you can ask us questions anytime on the radio. You can also send me emails. You can send me your portfolio. You can take, we have lots of things on our website. You can take the risk questionnaire. You know, there's all kinds of things you can do that try to help you understand where you are and where you need to go. So, I've, go take a look at investtalk.com if you can. Now, click, check out our risk questionnaire. It's really simple. Uh, you know, grades, it rates your risk from 0 to 100. The higher the number, the more more risk you like taking. 
That's what it is. And it has a really neat back end where you can put in portfolios. All the S, all the any anything it has all the the public stock companies and mutual funds. It's all in there. And we put it put in your portfolio and it scores the portfolio as well. And we match that up with your personal risk score. It's very helpful, I think. So now I'm ready to take your calls right now. The lines are open. My number is 888 99Chart. This is Invest Talk. Steve Peasley has added two new portfolio review trips to his schedule. Steve will be in Dallas, Texas on Friday, January 24th, and he'll return to New York City for two days, Tuesday and Wednesday, January 28th and 29th. These are no cost and no obligation consultations. Learn more and register now at investtalk.com. Steve and Justin welcome your investing questions, and the phone lines are open. Call 888-99-CHART. Hey, guys. I love the show. Thank you for all that you teach us. I have a quick question. I know gold has been the hot recommendation here for a while, and it's done real well. I'm interested in a recommendation I believe you guys made, um, GDX. I believe it's a gold miner. ETF or index or something. I know, Steve, you've said that miners are better to buy rather than GLD and so forth. Do you still feel GDX is a good purchase? I have about ten to 15000 that I would like to invest for a long-term position, and um, I'm thinking the gold miner one might be a safe bet. I have been watching, though, and the GDX position hasn't really gone up in price lately, even though gold has been going up. I was just wondering, is GDX still a good purchase, or is there something better to buy? Thanks for your insight. I'll listen on the podcast for your response. Thank you. Okay, yeah. Um, GDX is uh, the Gold Miners Index, exchange-traded funds seeking performance corresponding to the New York ARCA Gold Miners Index. And I like it because it's you know it's, it has a bunch of gold miners in it. So you're not just just working on just the gold price. So many times GDX will move up faster than gold. Gold will move up slower on a percentage basis. Why? Because you know the 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 expectation is they're going to produce more gold. Where it's just gold, this is whatever the price of gold is. So the expectation is, well, gee, the gold price goes up, the miners are going to dig out more gold. They're going to make more money, so they usually go up higher. Now, gold's at a new uh, new 52-week high, but GDX is not. But don't get discouraged by that. Don't think that, that that GDX moved up slower. Look at the percentage move is really what you're looking for. And you'll see it's right in line right now. But generally, GDX moved up much better in, from the June low to the uh, September high than gold it did itself. So I still think it's a good a good play. But I you now you mentioned something that I'm not agreeing with. I'm not a long term gold person. I don't think long term gold will produce that much returns. Uh, if you go back 30, 40 years and just compare it with the stock market, stock market's way outperformed gold. Okay, we'll go back to the last 10, 15 years, maybe gold has done better. But yeah, long term. I'm just not a. I like I like a dividends. You know, I like growth, and you can't get that from just buying gold. What you get when you buy gold is protection. You get you get uh, 
a hedge against other types of things going, you know, the stock market going down. Gold is a hedge against that. It doesn't really go down with the stock market necessarily. So that you get, but I, I like the upside potential of buying stocks with growth potential and dividends. So good question, though. Appreciate it. Okay, age discrimination. Do we have it? Is it out there? Yeah. I mean, I think most people in the job market or been around any length of time know uh, that as you get older, you get more and more discriminated against. And it's really, really noticeable in uh, Silicon Valley. Why? Because technology is moving so fast, the assumption could be wrong assumption by employers up there. They want the new young talent coming out of colleges. You know, the new young people, they're on the cutting edge. Not necessarily so that the old people are not on the cutting edge, but the perception is that the young people are, and therefore, you, if you're 50 years old looking for a tech job in Silicon Valley, you're going to have a hell of a time because it's, it's just going to be difficult for you. And, you know, there's been, you know, there's been studies to show, uh, there's a new one, UC Irvine Research Report out, that they looked at uh, older workers 55 to 64, and whether the, they were just looking at different and different age groups, and they concluded that, yes, older people are discriminated against. One thing that did come out of it that I thought was interesting, people over 65 that are still working, the people that are older seem to have to go to be a lot more independent contractors or self-employed. And people over 65, that went from the number of people being uh, independent contractor almost doubled from 8.5% back in 2005 to 14.1%. And the people between ages 55 and 64 independent being independent contractors or starting their own business went from 18.8% in 2005 to 229 in 2017. So, I think that makes perfect sense. One, you know, the, the, they made a conclusion and I happen to agree with it. One way, one, and I talk to so many people, I get this impression that this is a good gateway to retirement. Let's say you work for a company, you're an engineer, you can go part-time being an engineer. For that same company, because you're easing into the retirement mode. And I think they came to that conclusion. I think that's a correct conclusion, personally. Uh-oh. Did I lose? Um, okay. This is Invest Talk, everybody. I'm Steve Peasley. And, of course, I have one goal here, one goal always, the same goal we have every day, and that's to help you achieve, achieve financial freedom. And you know what I define that as. That means money works for you and you're not working for it and you have enough of it where you can decide to work or not work or go pick up something else or start a new career. That's financial freedom. So get your questions in now, 888-99-CHART. Next Invest Talk, a survey says 70% of investors wish they had handled their money differently in 2019. Are you in that group? The story tomorrow. But now Steve Peasley is here, ready with answers, but he's waiting for your questions. Call Steve, 888-99-CHART. Hi, this is Neil. I've been following your show. I'm very grateful for the advice you've given so far. 
Uh, I just started listening maybe a couple weeks ago, but my question is in regards to Tesla. It's been rising pretty quickly over the past week, and I'm just wondering when it's going to stop and maybe when we should, or I should anyway, start looking at buying the stock. I know it's definitely not now since it's on a high rise, but when do you see should probably start to buy in? Thanks. Well, for me, I wouldn't buy Tesla. Uh, not because it's not a great car company and they don't produce great cars. They do. That's not the issue. The issue for me has always been price. Um, $469 stock. They haven't made money in years. They are scheduled to make money in 2020. They're scheduled to make $6.37 a share. Now, uh, they've done this before where the estimates were pretty good going forward, and then all of a sudden they lose money that year because they'd spend money on something else or he comes up with another idea and, you know, costs billions. Anyways, the thing that concerns me is the sales actually went down the most recent quarter. They shrank 8% sales. Think about that. Why would sales shrink? Why are, It's a $469 stock. They're going to make $6.37 next year. If you gave it, you know, what? Uh, you're going to give it a 30, 50, uh, 50, 60, 30, 60, 30, 70, 70, So you're going to give it like an 8, 80 PE based on an estimate that's probably going to be wrong. I just can't see myself buying it. And yeah, it's at a new 52-week high. It's been rising. And, you know, it's super in debt. We've talked about that. And it's overpriced, so way overpriced. I would wait for a pretty big pullback. If it pulls back, if you really want to buy it, I'd wait till it pulls back. to. The, there's a lot of support around $340. It's so at 469 now. That's where I'd wait for the pullback. Okay. That's Tesla. T-S-L-A is the symbol. You know, they're cutting a lot of competitions. Competition's starting to come in hot and heavy from other other car companies who are making high-end electric cars. I mean, I was looking at one, uh, Lexus and uh, Audi. They both are making, you know, either electric or hybrids. And, you know, so I think think you're going to see some more and more competition coming. Tesla's going to have to, you know, Keep, keep it up, and that's difficult. That's pretty difficult. I mean, if you look at any other car company, their PE ratios range between 7 and 10. Low PEs, 12 PE, low. Why should Tesla have 80 on estimates that they haven't made? And their sales growth is slowing. I mean, shrinking, actually. Mm, makes me nervous if I was a Tesla owner, stock owner, that is. 888.99 chart. Okay, we had a couple of economic numbers. We had the PMI, uh, the market PMI for services for uh, you know January. Now, and it was at 52.8. December was 52.2. So it's moving up. ISM for December, as we reported earlier in the hour, was went to 55 from 53.9. That was better than expected. It's better than expected. But factory orders also. Now the problem with factory orders is that it goes all the way back to November, even though it's just reported, you know, yesterday. But it goes all the way back to November. Factory orders shrank seven tenths of a percent. October they grew two tenths of a percent. So we know that in the factory sector, in the non-service sector, the manufacturing sector. That area of our economy is not doing very well. 
And the question is, is is it going to turn around in 2020? Frankly, I think it will. Remember, this report for factory orders is is for November. I don't know what December's is. They're coming in. We won't see that till next month. And we won't see January until the month after. So it really doesn't help us a lot, you know, because the data is old. You know, I, we want to see it turn when the data is so old we're not seeing it yet. You don't get that. Anyway, so we're also watching, watching the news close. Um, we hope that no one's gotten hurt here and what's going on in Iraqi uh, bases that are our, our bases in Iraq got attacked. So we'll find more about that later on this evening. I'm Steve Peasley, and this completes another InvestTop program. I will return tomorrow. In this meantime, please tell your friends and family members that I will be traveling to Dallas and New York, and I'm taking appointments in January, that later on in the month, they could benefit from a no-cost portfolio review. So, anyways, learn more and register soon. You can do it at investtalk.com. Send me an email. Set up an appointment. Have a good night, everybody. Because of the nature of the interactive dialogue inherent in the format of this program, it's important for the listener to understand that not all comments made will apply to them specifically. Nothing said shall be taken to be investment advice, or shall statements on this program be considered an offer to buy or sell securities. Such advice is rendered solely on an individual basis, and at times will require that the investor review a prospectus before investing. InvestTalk is a copyrighted program of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial, a registered investment advisor, which retains all rights. For more information regarding KPP's investment advisors, call 1-800-557-5461. Steve Peasley is President and Justin Klein Chief Executive Officer of Klein Pavlis Peasley Financial. And they thank you for listening and welcome your comments or questions on our 24-hour listener line at 888-99-CHART.